You're listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, The Jason Isbell Season, Episode 2. Hey everybody, you're listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, Season 2, 3, where we talk about Jason Isbell. So it's not even Bruce Springsteen anymore. It, we're, we're calling it Bruce Springsteen because that's the brand, that's the name of the of the show, but but yeah, yeah. it's we, we, we're doing a mini-series right now. Anyway, that's Rob. I'm JB, hey. and uh, thanks for joining us. JB, we're so excited you're here. Don't call what you're wearing a podcast. <laughs> oh, that that hit me. That hit me uh, right in the funny bone. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> sorry. Man. That's all right. I'm gonna try and find a way to do that with every one of these songs. Don't. Um... Got it. Got me good. <laughs> that's a reference to outfit. That was the first track off of last From week's last episode. Week. Um, yeah. I'll fight tell every podcast last living day. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm, I, I can't believe I didn't think of that until just now. Yeah. The first song we're talking about today is a podcast and a curse. <laughs> it's the first album. album right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, sorry. So yeah, we're doing a Jason Isbell miniseries. We, we, we did our first season was we went through every Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order. Uh, one by one, and then the second season we went through every Bruce Springsteen album through High Hopes uh, chronologically, and now we're doing season three. We're taking a, a very brief hiatus from Bruce Springsteen material because it sounds like he's going to put out some new stuff this year. Quite frankly, yeah, because right? he put out. <laughs> I got the impression the other day whenever he sent out that was it a tweet or an e? It was a Rolling Stone article uh, that Rolling Stone article. That's what it's it was. always. Just assume that Rolling Stone is covering whatever it is that Bruce Springsteen's doing. That's true. It's true. So yeah. So since we started the first season of the podcast, he's released. He released Western Stars. Uh, he released just earlier, like not, in the last few months, he released Letter to You, and then it looks like it, something is coming in 2021, and he has not said what it's going to be, but it's going to be more stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna hold off as long as we can, so we can build up an arsenal, so we can go back in and really have a lot to talk about for season four. So we thought, like, yeah. while we're waiting. Why not talk about Jason Isbell? And we, honestly, when we were taking this pause, we thought we were going to get some, like, decent stuff and then, like, the, you know, outtakes and stuff from the book release. We've gotten two just incredible records and some bits and pieces here and there, so who knows? Yeah. It, who knows? It's a, like, at this point, we deserve another tracks <laughs> or 18, like, an 18 tracks or just the greatest hits with one additional song. You know, like, at that point, like, that's what we deserve. Honestly, we don't even deserve that right now we, as a nation, as a people. We deserve a, a reprise <laughs> of Car Wash. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Or Cynthia or something like that. Which we may Doll get. House. If it's a Born in the USA box set, we might get both those things. Just Dollhouse, but about the White House. But oh. just as much just as much terrible like <laughs> metaphor building. It's like world building, but just metaphors. Yeah, he's good at that. Yeah, he's the Tolkien of metaphor building. Indeed he is, sir. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, so we're talking about Jason Isbell. And last week we, we started off by talking about his first two albums with the Drive-By Truckers. And so today we're going to finish out his tenure with the Drive-By Truckers by talking about his final album with them, and then also, which is called A Blessing and a Curse, but then also there's a, a kind of a quasi-box set outtakes collection called The Fine Print that we'll talk about. He, and he's got two songs on each of those things. So uh, we're, we're looking at four songs total today from yeah. from the Drive-By Truckers years. So uh, do we want to just get, get right into Blessing and a Curse? 
Well, I want to read this. Uh, today, Jason Isbell uh, tweeted out a link to... I'm trying to find it. I forgot who it was. Is this a thing you just sent me from... I sent it to you just a minute ago. Yeah. And, or I sent you Patterson's response. I don't know what... I thought I retweeted it. Here we go. I can pull it up right here. Uh, we were talking about, like, we we're pretty sure they're still on good terms or whatever. Yeah. Um, Jason Isbell tweeted out a James McMurdy song. Uh, James McMurdy and the Heartless Bastards. Yeah. And uh, he said, imagine sitting in a songwriter's round and the guy to your right does this. <laughs> <laughs> And Patterson Hood, or the drive-by truckers, I see him with Patterson from the uh, point of view, but he says, I get it. I spent two years between two, between you and Cooley. <laughs> oh, nice. That's... So, he's saying, like, yeah, I know exactly what that's like. Yeah. I've, I've worked with songwriters that are better than me, and I, I'm totally cool with it. I, lo- I love it. <laughs> yeah. He's saying, uh, yeah, one time we were just sitting in the living room, and you were like, I got an idea, and you played TVA. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like... Well, I've got a buddy who wrote this song called Coke Driving Man about his grandfather who drove a Coke truck his whole life. And, like, it's about how you never find a Pepsi in his house. And, you know, it's just like one of those old, you know, he was a good man, Coke driving, whatever. But it's just, like, it is the best song I've ever heard from, like, someone I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, like, he just, you know, we'll, and he's that kind of guy. All his friends complain about it. Like, you'll be sitting in a circle, you know, singing songs. Oh, here's what I'm working on. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, add a D7 there. You're like, oh, Brent, that's incredible. And he's like, well... I haven't figured out what to do with this yet, but uh, anyway, <laughs> it's like wow, man. People who are that talented, it's it's difficult to even know how to be around. <laughs> sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, how do I even yeah. how do I even interact with you when you're clearly like on a whole other level? Yeah, it's yeah, and I feel like Jason Isbell is one of those guys. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, I assume like we we've not hung out, Jason Isbell and I. I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just saying, like we haven't, like we we haven't found the time to meet up yet. <laughs> the opportunity hadn't quite presented itself. I tweeted out that we like our first episode dropped, and I tagged him in it. And like I know that like he will engage people who have like ten followers on Twitter. So like he's not above yeah. just like interacting with anybody. And as of this recording, he has not in any way acknowledged us. Which you know what? That's fine because Bruce Spring. We've been doing this five years, and Bruce Springsteen's never acknowledged us. So like Jason Isbell doesn't have to either. You know. I sort of imagine that, like, by the end of the year, when everybody's finished listening to the end of the year podcast from last year, and have, he's just sort of gotten random tweets about it throughout the year, he's just going to tweet out something like, "All right, I'm going to fucking around and find out what this is all about." Yeah, or he listened and he hates it, and he's not going to say anything. Yeah, he's not going to say anything at all. He's like, "Who are these guys?" Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh, so, so far he he has not acknowledged us. But I'm unlike Bruce Springsteen. I'm almost positive he has heard of us because he reads every mention of his. I'm like he seems obsessed with his own mentions. I think that he just gets so many good. A guy like him just gets tweeted at a lot. He does. You know what I mean? Yes. And so I just kind of get the. Uh, I, I bet he just picks a choice few here and there. Uh, I. It just, I don't know. Maybe he has something that witty to say about every single thing someone tweets at him, but. I love, to, actually, oh. just today, he tweeted, like, somebody somebody tweeted him a question trying to trying to do that. Like, hey, if you could, and the question they asked was, if you could go back and re-record one of your electric songs as an acoustic <laughs> <Yes>. song, <laughs> what song would you do? And he said, I could, though. I just haven't. <laughs> like, there's nothing stopping because me. Because I could. He said, I could, and I have And I haven't, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. That was so funny. 
And he's like, every time I've seen him, he is that funny, just quippy on stage. Yeah, he's great. Like him and Amanda are hilarious when they're on stage together. Or when they do their videos, like back when they were doing the barn concerts on streaming. They're, They're great. And, uh, yeah, it's, I feel like everybody in his band's kind of quiet and it's just kind of funny to watch him like (laughs) just try and get a rise out of them while they're tuning up and being real quiet, you know? Yeah. It's fun. Well, man, let's talk about a blessing and a curse, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So a blessing and a curse came out in 2006. This was Jason's final album officially with the drive-by truckers. So, which means he, he's made three with them so far. Uh, and there are two Jason Isbell original songs on this record. And in my opinion, these are his least memorable songs with the truckers. And it's it's almost like he knew that his time with the band was coming to an end and his output just wasn't what had had been on the past two albums. Like the, the past two albums, he had really been like pumping out some some gold. And I'm not saying these are bad songs. These are good songs. I don't, I don't know that Jason Isbell has ever actually written a bad song. But or if he has, I've never heard it. And but but I'm, I, I say this saying like I this this is the stuff the, these two songs of his from the truckers are the two songs that I'm least drawn to, I guess, just as a listener. And I mean, that said, there are two songs he wrote and recorded that didn't make the album that will show up on the fine print. We'll talk about next. So you could, you can make the argument like, no, by, by definition, those are the least memorable because they didn't even make an album. So, um, anyway, like, so do, do we want to do one by one or do you want to just give your impression as a whole? Like what, what do you want to do here? Well, I, yeah, I don't think they're like super, super memorable. Uh, I mean, musically, they're very different. The f- f- so easy in yourself. I can't blame you. It's a shame you can't cover your ass sometimes. It's that kind of town, and you're so far down you can't get up. And I can't tell you what to say. Sounds like, and this is one of the things I find the most uh, kind of admirable and frustrating about the truckers, is that like they, um, to me, like continuity and sound mean something different to than it does to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're trying to tell a story about the same place, and you know, like a, a place in time in the South, right? And they think that there's a lot of different, you know, sounds that you can use to tell that story whereas like to me a record is not that a record is like a place in time and also one sonic <laughs> idea yeah uh but uh that's so that but like i said even though it's kind of annoying to me it's also one of their absolute greatest strengths as a band and why they've had so many incredible songwriters <clears throat> but uh i love the easy on yourself has like that double guitar solo with the crunchy chords underneath it yeah you know it's like one of those few moments where you're like yeah that's why this band needs three guitar players not them specifically but just usually when you see three guitar players my first thought is like well they better prove it <laughs> that's a good point and the e street band has a similar sort of dynamic right like you got to justify yeah. bruce having a guitar little steven nils and patty all up there with a guitar and yeah. the history band does it so and you're right like here it, with uh jason isbel songs so, there there are moments where you're like yeah you kind of did need all those different guitar players and it kind of reminds me that's when the two solos are going on mm-hmm. with the with the really crunchy chords under it it's like think about like a that 32-bit sega genesis with like uh streets of rage level two you know? <laughs> done 
it just has that sort of like <laughs> that sort of uh chunky 32-bit sound quality to it you know yeah. uh i mean it's way it's got way more fidelity than that but it just reminds me it would it would convert very well take the lyrics out put it behind double dragon <laughs> sounds great <laughs> Uh, also, like tons of guitar bends. He's the king of a guitar bend. He does love a guitar. Him and Sadler, band. him and Sadler bend so hard, man. I've been trying to learn just a couple of their licks, and my I have a like I was picking at a giant callus that is not doing okay after practice today. Uh, before we start, that's gross, but like that's <laughs> that's trying to play their guitar parts. It's painful. Mm. It's it's causing me physical anguish. Um, but I'm not gonna complain about it because I'm not a snowflake. <laughs> Well, I am, and I would complain about it a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's fine. Uh, so, that, like, lyrically, this feels like a call to be self-critical. That's sort of an interesting theme for a song. Like, the, the chorus is, don't be so easy on yourself, because this one might be all you have left. Rearrange the voices in your head and remember and remember what they said. Don't be so easy on yourself. This is, like, the opposite of a Brene Brown TED Talk. This is, like, yeah. because Brene Brown's, like, get rid of your shame, self-acceptance, and this this song is, like, screw that self-acceptance is for weenies this song (laughs) this song is like no remember all your mistakes do not ever let yourself forget the things that you've done wrong and always beat yourself up about it like this is this is some like really negative dark self-talk and and not unlike a lot of his other songs with with the truckers i don't think he's attempting to like impart wisdom i don't think he's attempting to say like this is how you should be i think he's trying to embody something about what it is to be a someone who's like trying to be quote a man in a hyper masculine context you know what i mean also yeah and it also kind of sounds like somebody who's uh trying to quit doing something they hate without the courage to forgive themselves for it yeah that's a good way to put it too yeah yeah um yeah which is tough to do yeah and it sounds like bullshit the first time somebody's like you gotta quit being so mean to yourself you're like well (laughs) <laughs> maybe maybe no yeah and i no. And, and i think i think jason is getting to a place where he's feeling a lot of shame in fact i'll just as a as a form of like big time like major self-disclosure when i was i i spent some time in group therapy uh a couple of months ago and one of the themes that kept coming up in our group like not like with me specifically but also with other group members was the the concept of self-forgiveness and the concept of self-compassion and like how hard that is for people specifically people who struggle with mental illness or addiction which clearly is a thing that jason struggles with you know i I don't know about the mental illness part but absolutely he struggles with addiction and and he was currently as he was writing the song and so like he's he's beating himself up and he's writing the song as a form of self-talk as if to say like what i'm doing is not okay and i'm not about to write myself a permission slip to tell myself that it's okay you know and um, and like you said, like it's not this. This isn't great advice in all occasions, but for somebody who's wrestling the way he was wrestling, it's possible he needed to give himself like a talking to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, you're you're damaging people right now, and it and you need to be aware of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that was easy on yourself. Any other thoughts on on this particular song? Uh, no, not on this one. Um, you want to hop on down to daylight? Yeah, let's talk about daylight. She's got me tied in a knot. That's what I thought she'd do. Don't ask me what's on my mind. I'm fine. I'll push on through. Not much. 
think it's such a interesting. Uh, this is the only time you really hear that I can think of. You really hear Jason sort of like he's not ditching the accent, but he's kind of you know not leaning into it either. And he's this sounds like a two thousands like click five do pop you know band. He's hitting some high notes. Yeah, I mean this sounds like you know those like just perfect sort of doo-woppy pop punk bands that wore suits and played Les Pauls and were trying to be the you know, whatever the band from um, the Tom Hanks movie, and it just slipped my mind. Oh, The Wonders? <laughs> yeah, everybody's trying to be the Oniders. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, do you remember that phase? Of course. Like the All-American Rejects and all of them. Yeah, well, this sounds like it could be one of those songs. Yeah, so, sort of like a like a timeless, like a throwback type, type sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in... Thematically, it it has a lot of the similar themes to Easy on Yourself, right? Like it's, he wants to change, but he's not sure how capable he is of that change, and it's it's about being caught in like this destructive cycle and hoping for the possibility that change is possible. So th- it's a little bit more optimistic than Easy on Yourself, but it also doesn't necessarily have a lot of confidence in in himself. So th- these two songs feel like two sides of the same coin. One is more skeptical, while the other one is slightly more optimistic, and he, he's. He's kind of, and, and it's funny, like, these are the two songs that he puts on his final album with the Truckers right before he gets kicked out of the band for substance abuse, you know? Yeah, I love that line, I'd pay to take, um, I'd pay to, I'd pay to tear these chains away. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I paid a lot of money for, like, a real intense trainer this year because things were bad. Things were in a bad way. Yeah. And, like, a couple months ago, we kind of got to the point where he was like, hey, you know, like, you're going to have paid a lot of money and not done anything. Mm. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, that didn't, I thought that was your job. And he was like, <laughs> can't, can't do that, everything for you, man. Yeah. It'd be great if they could. It would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'd, I'd, I would pay a lot of money for that. Well, and it's, I mean, again, it's like going going to therapy. It's the it's the John Lennon, you know, the song, I'm So Tired. Where, where he says, the chorus is, I give you everything I've got for a little peace of mind. Like, God, like, how many times have I thought that? Like, there's there's no amount of re- mm. resources I would not pour out of myself for, like, a good night's sleep and, like, a like no more panic attacks, you know? That's, that's the day I started taking medicine was when my therapist was like, what do you have to do every single day to, to know for a fact that you're not going to, like, have a... Like a, an anxiety, like a manic attack or a serious depressive phase. Mm-hmm. And I like read her the list and she was like, how do you have time to do that and be with your family and all that stuff? And I was like, I I don't. And she was like, you want to try medicine now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I do. Okay. Yes. Well, and I'm- I was never anti-medicine. I just didn't want to take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I mean, medicine's kind of a, it, it's a scary thing because, I mean, on the one hand, like you don't want to get to a place where you have to take it for the rest of your life. But, yeah. but also like, uh, like uh, for me specifically, like I, I tried three different medications that had really like messed up side effects <laughs> before I found one that worked for me. And like, by the time I got to that third one, I was like, meds are bad. Like I can't, like I, you know yeah. what I mean? Like this is, this is not going to work for me. And thankfully yeah, we tried, we tried one on this side where I uh, afterwards looked at someone and said, Thank God I never tried cocaine. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> I was in a bad way for a minute, and we tried some new meds. We got it. We got it worked out. Yeah. You ever feel like there's fire ants all over your body? That's what it felt like for me <laughs> on, like, medication number two. Oh, yeah. It was It was like, I mean, I, I described it to you, and you were like, are you sure you're not just taking meth? Because it's, <laughs> cause it sounds like that. that's what you're doing. Um, yeah, man. Tur- turns out, turns out, sometimes the meds that give you like the first try, it, it's a trial and error situation. So, so yeah, it, it does sort of it gets very discouraging, you know. Yeah, just gotta do the work. Yeah, and and I did, and thankfully I found a, um, a regiment that that really does work for me. And I, that, I mean, it, it hasn't been a cure all. Yeah. I still have like kind of low days every once in a while, but it's nothing compared to where I was back in October. Man, you got. You know, when you got the right cocktail and, and the right routines, and and a good therapist, like that and that cannot be therapist. that cannot be overstated. Yeah, and a and a good trainer. My trainer has given me dates to turn in drafts of short fiction to him, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. You're my trainer, and he's like, so are you gonna do it? And I'm like, I mean, if you make me, but this isn't your job. <laughs> my job is what Stop. I tell you it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so. I think we've exhausted daylight. I think There's so. Not, it's, I'll tell you one thing. It is It is uh, sort of a manic rambling. Like, not manic. Manic's the wrong word. But it's just like one long, just inconsequential, exhausted phrase after the other. That, can you talk more about that? Like, what do you mean? It just doesn't feel like a, a cohesive story. It doesn't necessarily feel like there's good breaks. You know, like... I think you could probably say there's like verses and choruses. It's a lot of self-talk. It yeah, it's it sounds like someone who's coming to the end of their rope talking to themselves. Which clearly he was. Like that I mean yeah. that, like it's this is very reflective of of where Jason was when he was like towards the end of his time with the drive by truckers. Yeah, and it's just like, like he starts off just talking got me tied tied in knot and they're talking about that, but then he's talking about something else and then he's stuck in his head, you know, and then we're talking about resurrection and then we're talking you're talking about addiction and then we're talking about brass knuckles and birds on a wire retire but no one gets free you know what i mean it's just like yeah he's he's just trying to put two and two together and he is running out of gray matter that's a good way to put it yeah he's yeah that's exactly what's going on here so he so we we finished blessing and a curse this this came out in 2006 one year later uh patterson hood kicks jason out of the band and then two years after that, in 2009 or maybe 2010, um, did this come out in 2010 or 2009? I got conflicted. 2009. Okay, in 2009, uh, they release uh, a a collection called The Fine Print, colon, a collection of oddities and rarities, which is basically their version of tracks or high hopes. You know, it, it's, it's just some outtakes from various recording sessions. And even though Jason hasn't been in the band for two years, he has two songs on this on The Fine Print. And the first of those two songs is a song called TVA. I grew up two hours north of Birmingham. Me and my daddy used to fish next to Wilson Dam. He told some stories. TVA stands for, I learned this week, Tennessee Valley Authority. And now I'm going to turn it over to JB because I don't know what the Tennessee Valley Authority is. And JB seems to know 
everything about the Tennessee Valley Authority. So go ahead, JB. So I, I didn't know that people hadn't heard of this just because it's kind of a ubiquitous. I maybe I hadn't heard of it before I moved to North Mississippi, but it's just sort of so ubiquitous here. And so basically Roosevelt, part of the new deal, he was trying to provide renewable, low cost hydroelectric power, hydroelectric power to the Southeast, to the rural Southeast, to the lower Appalachia. We're talking Tennessee, North Mississippi, North Alabama, Kentucky, Virginia, some of North Carolina, maybe. And, um, and they have just a bunch of dams. They got a couple nuclear power plants, um, that are super cool to look at whenever you're driving, you know, from North Mississippi to Birmingham or something, you'll pass the Browns Ferry nuclear plant. And then, uh, there's also the Sequoia nuclear plant in Soddy Daisy, Tennessee, which is one of my favorite city names, my youth pastor from, uh, high school, he moved there. Uh, it's a neat little town. And then they have a, uh, I found out that they were, they, they would have put, they planned on putting a nuclear power plant in Iuka, Mississippi, which is a very small town close to Tupelo. And that would have completely changed the economic outlay of where I live now. Um, but where Jason's from, the Shoals, TVA is everything. It, the Shoals is on the Shoals of the Tennessee River, and it's got the um, Wilson Dam, which April and I ate breakfast on the Wilson Dam two months ago. It was nice. Um, big bad breakfast in Florence, Alabama, on our way home from a little uh, getaway <laughs> into the Tennessee hollers. <laughs> but... uh. But yeah, so they have a couple of coal fire powered plants, a good number of natural gas, three nuclear power plants, and then something like 30 something dams. And um, so uh, two blocks from my house is a sign, a neon uh, sign. It's an uh, arrow, like an old neon arrow says Tupelo Business District, first TVA city. So we were the first city. The way the TVA works is they provide electricity to uh, co-ops and um, municipal water and li- like uh, water uh, electrical departments. Sorry, I said water. Ours is water and light. Um, and then they buy from TVA, which provides inexpensive power to these small rural uh, co-ops. And so. Um, so I've gotten my power from the TVA since I moved to North Mississippi in uh, 2000 and t- in uh, yeah I guess in 2006 I started getting my power from the TVA. So why why write a song about this? Why in the world is Jason? What, what is the, what is the purpose of writing a song about the TVA? Why does he thank God for this? Well, um, it is. So when it came to so Tupelo was the first city to start buying power from TVA as a as a co-op, and uh, it was in the 1930s, uh, 1934. So in the 1930s, only 10 percent of rural households in the country, and less than two percent of rural households in Mississippi had electricity. So most farm families in this area were in desperate poverty, still recovering from the Great Depression. It was might as you know it was since full swing here. Um, and I know I, I wrote a history book of a local bank here a couple of years ago. And just reading about that time was so desolate. Like um, the banks went into bankruptcy trying to help the community. And this bank actually was really great and did good stuff. Uh, one other 
banks just cut and run. But um, and uh, it's <laughs> I love the TVA because, and I told you this, it, it's a reminder that like all Southerners come from like small clans and tribes, whether you're you know Celtic or Native American or you know like uh, Central America, Latin. It's like it's all about like really small, really intensely sort of I mean socialist communities, right? And, and so, like, a lot of Southerners are terrified of socialism at scale, but we love it, you know. I mean, your your dad is a, a conservative guy who's, you know, works at a, you know, a small community bank. That is, I'm sure, very integral in the small business, uh, the small businesses there in town, right? Yes. And very invested in funneling the money back through the community, right? That's the idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, Southerners love socialism, like, and small scale, you know what I mean? Like these little groups of, not that a bank is socialist, but like community banks are more than they think. Well, one of the things that uh, we, we said in text is that a, a lot of times people really like socialism as long as you just don't call it that. Right. Yeah, it's great. Um, as long as you, as long as you don't call it that. I mean, and not everybody has to believe that. I I, I just I happen to, and I think the TVA is kind of a good experience uh, uh, expression of that. Now, a buddy of mine who would say it's probably not socialist at all uh works for the tva he's an engineer and is super cool uh him and his family have a cool little farm here that we hang out on all the time um and uh i was like what what do you love about the tva because we're gonna talk about it tonight and he said uh that their motto is serving the people of the valley and he actually feels like that's why everyone goes to work um and that the leadership actually believes it and he went from like a he went from a company that you, if I said the name of, you would have heard. And there's a huge, you know, fancy tech company with a big manufacturing facility here in Tupelo. There's like a couple of those so that I didn't give it away. But, um, and he left there just kind of disillusioned, you know, yeah, by the for-profit nature of a company that large, you know, because it's in, you know, as much as he's doing R&D or whatever, it's still a manufacturing facility. And so then going on to see like that they're manufacturing affordable, renewable power for areas that have been just rot with poverty for decades is he loves it. And I like just watching him go to work is fun. You know, like just watching him be like, well, man, I got to, you mind running by the house and just checking everybody. I got to go up to Chattanooga this week for training for a week. It's going to be great. They're going to send, you know, they're going to let me bring the family up the rest, you know, for the weekend. And it's just always like some fun thing, you know, like a, they, one of their dams is uh, the Okoe. It's like an, it's the best whitewater rafting and, east you know east of the mississippi river it's great um they had the olympic whitewater trials there oh wow in 96 uh yeah so tva man it's super cool um so do you like this song i I love this song yeah because here's the deal so he grew up on the uh wilson dam in Florence, right? Mm. Muscle Shoals, Tuscumbia, wherever. It, it's right there in between all those uh, places. And so um, he, you know, and, and there's a giant, like, there's a Marriott uh, resort there with, like, a big tower restaurant, you know, like the spins, and you can see it, you know, the Shoals, and it's got a spa. But it's not, like, a wealthy part of the country either, you know? So it's, like, it's one of those sort of, uh, you can see, it's the... Uh, two sides of tourism is, is is a lot more obvious than it would be somewhere else <laughs> mm. you know yeah 
because it's a small town. It's not like Vegas where you got like you know poor people on one side of town. Anyway, um, and so he's going fishing right there with his daddy, and like they're so they're. I don't know if you ever fished off a dam, but it's great. It's great fishing. <laughs> I don't fish very often. Thank God for the TVA, man. You know? Yeah, cool. Uh, you catch a fish on the TVA's dam, you say, thank God for the TVA. You eat some dinner, you know. Oh, nice. And uh, and then, you know, you got a nice you got a nice locking dam with the lights and the stars. You know, you're out on the shoals, you know, maybe in the back of a pickup truck, you know. Maybe listening to Toto's Africa. Sure. Feeling it a little bit. <laughs> You know, so thank God for the TVA. Nice. Uh, and then, um, and like, so we had the uh, the Ross Barnett Reservoir, the most racist governor in the history of Mississippi. Uh, anyway, the reservoir. Something. That's a gold medal. The res. Right there. It's it is yeah, whatever the Dante version of a gold medal is. Right. Um, anyway, there there's a big dam there, and there's like the Natchez Trace there, and so. Like I get that, you know the the actually the trace runs by that dam too, so it's kind of it's very similar in that, and so we would go, you know, like there's Lookout Point, you know, so like we'd make out, but we grew up fishing in the same spot, you know, and we went hiking with our dad in the same spot, and so it's like it's real mixed up, and then he finds out all these years later that like his grandparents, um, were desolate, and you know they wrote a letter to the president and then a couple men showed up in a car and said hey do you want a job do you want to give power to the south do you want to help your people you know what i mean like the the new deal like i don't know my grandfather you know was a part of the um ccc and you know built a bunch of state parks and like it's just cool yeah this idea and like investing in our infrastructure uh, because people are out of jobs and we need a lot of infrastructure. I don't know what that would feel like to live in a world that like really needed infrastructure investment and like also needed to put some people to work. <laughs> I have no idea what it'd feel like to be in that. It's world. hard to imagine a, a world where Super lots of people have lost their jobs and need, need some sort of support like immediately. That would be very weird to live in that kind of time. But I just kind of think that like, and that's what I like about the TVA and I kind of wish that they would do internet. Um, but I do think that um, there is room for someone like the TVA to come in, hire a bunch of folks, have them install a bunch of solar um, and hydro, you know, power, uh, like train them how to do it. You know, you got a bunch of folks trying to get out of coal, let's put them in clean energy, you know. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe maybe you're predicting the future here. It would be nice. And it's like there's a roadmap for it. And it worked last. It wasn't like <laughs> we have a lot of evidence that rich people peeing on the rest of us doesn't work yeah so why don't we try this other thing that worked yeah just for fun you know just to see and sure you may argue we don't have a war but i say to you yes we do <laughs> i mean more people have died from covid than in almost every war america has ever fought in so also the war on whatever it is that we're fighting in iraq and afghanistan that war too right also, the war on opiates, apparently. Oh, yeah. You know, well, so. I mean, that's a war that we need to win. Yeah. By, I don't know what the answer is uh, for that one. I don't know, man, but more jobs in that area wouldn't hurt. It would not hurt. Um, and I know for a fact that just a little weed in that area wouldn't hurt. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. So everybody should know everything they ever wanted to know about the TVA. Maybe, maybe, oh no, we didn't scratch the surface, man. Well, just just to appreciate the, this seven minute long song, which I I think the song is okay. I I just think it, it's I think it's too damn long. I think if, if you're gonna if you're gonna write a song that this long, it, it better be Rosalita, you know. But uh, but I I appreciate it. I I don't I don't I don't dislike it. It's just not my favorite. Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't grow up around the TVA, so I don't have an emotional connection to it. So I know, but it's about the New Deal. It's about you know. Well, I appreciate it more now that you've explained it. But I, it's about corporate bootstrap lifting, but also copping a fuel on a dam. Well, speaking and of catfishing with your daddy. Speaking of sources of water, let's talk about when the well runs dry. There's a sacrifice you make. There's people along. There's nowhere to run and nowhere to stay And the wheels still move They won't slow down Even when you're spinning in the same soft ground There's a tear in her eye Because she's known you too or sources that no longer contain water Exactly Much like a well and a dam Ooh, well done but Sometimes you turn the dam off well done. Um, so it's this song is about feeling the feeling of having nothing left to give, but you still have to just like keep going. It's sort of in the same vein as like Danko Manuel. Uh, he's he's dealing with burnout from being a touring musician. Like clearly, he this came out of some some long tour stretches. Um, but it also wait. Did you say the exact same thing about Easy on Yourself, or did you say that? No, I said when we were off the air. No, I said that about Danko Manuel last week. No, but she said that like today too about something else. Uh, I I might have said it about anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, fun. I said it about easy on yourself because like easy on yourself is about him like kind of beating himself up for like his drug addiction and how it's yeah. affecting his bandmates, you know. So, but uh, but this song, I mean, at, at a larger level, if you, if you want to take the sort of the more personal aspects out of it, it's it's about having to like keep going when you've got nothing left when the when the tank is empty, but you you can't stop. And um, it's it's just not it's not possible. It's not practical. It's not within your grasp. It's, it's like it's like being trapped in your own circumstances, and this, not just having a circumstance that you have to deal with, but also like the circumstance you're in requires lots and lots of energy that you don't have, but you need to manufacture it somehow. So that's that is what the song is about. And man, this song gets me. I I, I identify with yeah. this song. You know, I love the. Um... Played 15 minutes of a sold out, or we, a singer we used to know, he let himself go. Yeah. Played 15 minutes of a sold out show and everybody laughed. Yeah. Um, that reminded me of um, the last track on the newest Death Cab for Cutie record. Did you listen to that record? Uh, the one that came out a couple of years ago? Like, the yeah. blue one? Yeah. Thank You for Today? Yes, yes. Six, 60 and Punk was the name of that song? Okay. And it's about just like kind of getting to know one of his idols. He's just he's like, there's nothing cool about being sixty and punk, or no, there's nothing punk about being sixty and drunk. I don't remember. Some it's just like I heard you walking down the street, or I heard you talking real loud. Uh, I heard you walk. I heard you in a crowd. Your bottle was talking way too loud. It was just like it's just about seeing a guy just deteriorate, trying to live that same old life. Mm, yeah, you know, trying to like squeeze the same, you know. Dollar fifty out of a dollar or whatever, five quarters out of a dollar, and uh, and yeah, that's that's what he's doing here. I also love the I think the line 
is really apropos this week and last week, uh, right there at the end. Uh, when the well runs dry, there's nothing left to say. Throw up your hands and wail all day, and everything's fair, and you don't like it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something has to die. That, yeah, that line right there, uh, something has to die when the well runs dry. So, like, I, like whatever that looks like, like it, th- this will, like, to continue going when you have nothing left to give will have a major cost. And you don't, you don't necessarily get to choose what that cost is, but it will cost you something. Yeah. I just love that. And everything's fair. Like, let me assure you. Yeah. Everything's fair. Everything's fair. (laughs) And if we're talking to each other through microphones and speakers, chances are you're on the wrong side. Like you're on the good side of everything's fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you're right. Everything's not fair. You should have actually, (laughs) if this was all averaged out, you would have been born in a one bedroom, uh, shack. Yeah. Don't you wish things were a little less fair? Yeah. Um, Oh man. Um so yeah, so uh, sonically this sounds like a Tom Petty song to me. You know? Yeah, a little bit. I think one thing I'll say sonically about all these songs we've talked about that he's written with the truckers is that um Yeah, the more you say that, the top, like the solo very much is like a Tom Petty kind of like the snarl. Yeah, it's got a got a little bit of a Mike Campbell kind of hook to yeah. it. Yeah, I think. But um I I will say that all of his songs with the truckers open up a lot. Like you listen to a truckers album and you hear like four big chords that are a little less distorted. You're like, mm, this is going to be an Isbel song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like it's open. Um, he lets it breathe a little bit without pulling any punches. It's still rocks. It just is hard. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's, it's good. I, I, I like the song. The, the theme of the song really speaks to me right yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah, right now. At this point. At this moment in my life. It speaks to me a lot more than TVA. Um, But. Oh, TVA speaks to me so much, man. Well, and the thing about Easy on Yourself is, like, I identify with Easy on Yourself, but I don't want to identify with Easy on Yourself. But at the same time, like, when the well runs dry, I get it because, like, I I found myself in that place. You know, like, I had to go on sabbatical for a little while. And quite frankly, you and I had to take a little break from the podcast towards the end of the year because the well had run dry. We were getting to. The well was very dry yeah so th- this is relatable i mean this is you don't have to be a musician to relate to this song you just have to be someone who has had a lot of things required of you and come to the yeah. point where you're like i i don't know where i'm gonna get like there, you can't squeeze blood out of a stone you can't you can't make yourself have more energy than you have i yeah i wrote my like for those of you who feel like the well's dry don't you know it, it's okay like just pour in yourself a little bit some, maybe something's got to die. Maybe you got to redirect something. Yeah. It's okay. Take care of yourself. You don't got to make anything new. Yeah. Do go easy uh, on yourself. Yeah. I wrote the first song in like a year and a half last week. <laughs> and it wasn't even like it was a corporate song. <laughs> it was for the DOD. <laughs> <laughs> I thank God for the DOD. It was. <laughs> it was. And uh, so it wasn't even like, you know, a JB, like a weird JB production. <laughs> uh, I was very normal but it was like wow finally something in the well a year and a half so yeah it, you know i but i thank god for that year and a half i mean i also am very mad at god about that year and a half but you know yeah that's the tension we hold isn't it though well man <laughs> that is that kind of does it for us like we're we there were only four songs this week so the the episode's a little shorter than probably the rest of them in this mini series is going to be uh any any final thoughts on any of these four songs uh, check out the TVA if you're curious. <laughs> uh, 
And if you like want to see picture of the uh, like of our cool neon sign in my town or whatever, like holler at me. I'll you know I'll tweet at it. I tweet it out or something. Or if uh, you know you there's I, you know I got book recs uh, about the TVA. Yeah. yeah, the TVA and just about uh, rural power and the Army Corps of Engineers and the Tennessee Valley Authority in Mississippi. And I'm real interested in. You know, like how how all that worked. You're gonna get a lot of people asking you to recommend some books about that, dude. If you haven't read Rising Tide, it is an absolute drama about the <laughs> Army Corps of Engineers. I'm not joking, dude. Oh, it's one of my you. all-time favorite books. It is an absolute drama. It's about the Army Corps of Engineers. Everyone I know who's read it has been like, I did not want to read it. It is one of my top ten favorite books. <laughs> That's crazy. It's dry. It's very. It dry, sounds dry. But, yeah, for a book about water. So- so for a book about water, it's surprisingly not wet. <laughs> it is so it is so good though. Oh man! Well, we'll uh, we're gonna jump onto the the bonus feed now. So anybody who is Woo! a patron can can head on over there. We're gonna continue our discussion of the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. And uh, yeah, if you want to be a patron, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Springsteen. You can join and. Uh, you can hear our bonus episodes if that's something you're interested in. And we're gonna, yeah, like I said, we're gonna we're t- we're moving through at a pretty rapid clip, relatively speaking, the the new Rolling Stone greatest albums of all time list. So, um, anyway, any any final thoughts, JB, before we move on? No, you already asked me that, and I said, "All oh, right, I always forget to read if I... up on the TVA." All right, TVA. Sorry. All right, well, <laughs> I keep forgetting. All right, well, so thanks everybody so much for listening. We'll be back in your feed next week. Next time, we're going to talk about the first half of Jason Isbell's first solo album, which is called "Sirens of the Ditch," and uh, we'll be talking about that next time. And until then, I'm Rob. That's JB. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.